Have you ever felt misunderstood, mischaracterized, misrepresented? Few of us feel deeply known all of the time, and some of us have endured seasons of misunderstanding. This is nothing new, but there is hope in the midst of misunderstanding. In the book, The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible, Mary DeMuth looks at 10 biblical women and how they were misunderstood and what we can learn from them today. This inspiring book will remind you that you are not alone, friend. There is always one who understands you perfectly because he created you. Get your copy of The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible today and be transformed by their stories. tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, friend, if we were to sit down and I were to ask you if you can do anything with your life, what would it be? Would you know what you would say? Do you have those dreams that have been sitting in your heart for a while? Or would you just look at me with a blank stare and say, I have no idea and I would really like to know. Well, on today's podcast, I am talking to Jenna Kucher and we were talking about her book, How Are You Really? And this is a question we often get those, how are you doing? Fine, good, things are great. When inside we know things aren't really great. And this is the question that we need to ask ourselves. How are you really? Now, if you are anywhere around the marketing, publishing world, Jenna Kucher's name may sound familiar. Jenna is a born and raised Minnesota wife, mom, entrepreneur who aims for two things daily, helping others to wake up to life and staying in comfy pants. I love that. That's my goal too. Um, She's a creator and host of the top rated Goal Digger podcast. She's helped thousands redefine success and chase bold dreams through her decade-long work as a leading online personality and educator. Now, I've been listening to Jenna's podcast for a while. I love seeing her on Instagram. And one of the things that I love is that Jenna always helps me to think about the outside of the box. She helps me think about possibilities and what um, things could be like and to try new things and to listen to conversations and connect with different people. And I love that Jenna really says, well, that's interesting, but what if? And then she will take us in a completely new direction and explore great, great ideas when it comes to the world of being creatives and 
connecting online and working with digital products. There's so many fun things that she shares. But what I love about her book, which we'll be talking about, is that it really goes to the heart. It really involves us looking at ourselves and saying, how are you really? Now, this has been something that I've been dealing with in my own life. It is what actually my book Heart Happy came out of when I realized like I feel like I'm doing everything that God is asking me to do, but I feel depleted. I feel like empty and there is no happiness in my heart. And my book Heart Happy really explores how to find that happiness in our hearts by becoming happy in the Lord. But the first step which Jenna talks about in her book and which I talk about in Heart Happy is getting still and sitting with ourselves and really saying, what is going on and how do I feel about this? Now, I do this all the time. Um, when opportunities come up, some things seem like great opportunities. Some things seem like, wow, this is going to be a lot of work and a big chore. But when I sit, when I prayerfully consider the things that are brought before me and those feelings inside that is really what helps me determine where to go for example I have this other author speaker friend who is doing amazing things she has a wonderful way of connecting with her audience there's always a lot going on she does a lot of trainings and helping people and I was approached to be involved in one of her teachings and being a trainer in one of her programs. And immediately I thought, yes, I've been waiting for this opportunity. But the next morning, as I sat in my quiet time and really contemplated, I realized that though I felt honored to be asked, it wasn't the right season. There was other things that were going on, especially with my family, that needed to take priority. And I couldn't fully commit and give her um, audience what they needed because I had other commitments in my own home and I had to say no to that opportunity. And then there are other things that we think like, oh, this is going to be so hard and so challenging, but yet deep inside we know that this is what we're supposed to be doing. For example, my grandma, Elizabeth, she is 92 years old and it's not easy. Um, there's times when she needs help and I have things I need to do that I need to pause and go and help her. Um, she, she, her bedroom is right next to me. Sometimes in the middle of the night, she is singing, singing praises to Jesus. <laughs> I love hearing her voice, but it's hard at three o'clock. And when I wake up, it is really hard for me to go back to sleep. That's a challenge. Last night, I was getting ready for bed. I had to stay up late to pick up one of my kids from her job. And so I was past being done. I was tired. And as I'm heading into bed, I always check on her and make sure everything's good, tuck her into bed. And she had a snag on one of her fingernails. And she said, can you come and trim this for me? I really just want to go to bed. I was so tired. But I went in and I got the clippers and I realized like a lot of her nails needed to be trimmed. And I went and just started clipping her nails. And in that moment, I realized there is nothing I would rather be doing. How sweet it is that I still have my grandma who's 92 that I can go in 
and I could serve her and I could care for her. And it probably took me 10 minutes to clip down all her nails and make sure they, she would always say, nope, do a little bit there or do a little bit more here. Or can you get the edge here? She was very particular, but I got them all um, trimmed up and I had such a full heart after that. And so really when we're talking today and Jen and I are talking about her book, How Are You Really? I hope that you will start, first of all, you, this is a wonderful book and I know you'll love it. You need to go check it out. But second of all, I hope you will start asking those questions and saying, this seems like a good opportunity, but how do I feel about it really? Or this seems like it's a big chore, but how do I feel about it really? And so much of the, the outpouring of our lives, the outpouring that really matters will come from sitting down and realizing what our heart is telling us. And for me, it's God inside and saying, nope, that's a good opportunity. That's not what I have for you for this season. And so I know you'll be encouraged with this conversation with Jenna Kucher. And then we will discover more about how to ask ourselves, how are you really? Today's episode is brought to you by Bethany House Publishers and Jody Hedlund. In Hudlin's new book, To Tame a Cowboy, Civil War veteran Brody McQuaid finds his purpose saving wild horses from ranchers intent on killing them. Veterinarian Savannah Marshall joins Brody in rescuing the wild creatures, but when her family and the ranchers catch up with them both, they will have to tame their fears if they have any hope of letting love run free. Get 30% off and free shipping at bakerbookhouse.com when you purchase a copy of To Tame a Cowboy. Well, Jenna, welcome so much. I'm so glad to have you here on the Trisha Goyer Show. I'm so excited to be with you, Trisha. Okay. I am loving all things about your book. Your new book is How Are You Really? And the thing that I love is that you are living the life you design and you're encouraging us to do the same thing. So this morning when I was jotting down my thoughts about you, I love your podcast. I love all the things. These are the words that came to mind. Joy, inspiration, wisdom, fun, and full of life. Mm. But I know that you haven't always been there. So just tell us how a little bit about this journey of how you went from feeling like this is not the life I want to Mm. now encouraging others to really look at their lives and design their own lives. Oh my gosh. Such a great question. Um, I truly feel like I can't even describe how vibrant and excited and like alive I feel today. Um, but you're right. It was not always this way. Um, I think for me, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in small town, Minnesota. We still live in small town, Minnesota. And I think a lot of times I was just really following the path that others laid out for me, Mm -hmm. the path that the world told me I needed to follow, the path that my parents wanted me to follow, the path that signified that I was a success. Um, And I don't know about you, Trisha. I'm, I'm sure this has happened because it's happened to almost all of us where you set this goal and you achieve it. And you're like, I thought this would feel mm-hmm. different. Has that happened right. to you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I feel like there was these signifiers in my life where I'm like setting these goals and achieving them and then just being like, oh, this doesn't feel good or this doesn't feel the way I thought it would, or this doesn't actually like give me life. It actually feels like it's sucking my life. And so 
over the last decade, I've been an entrepreneur. I um, left the corporate world when they handed me a five-year plan without asking me what I wanted for my life in five years. And I've gone in a million different directions. But I think that one of the reasons why I've been able to feel this alive, this vibrance, this alignment, is that I've really learned to listen to myself, to trust mm -hmm. my to redefine success for myself in a way that feels good and it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I think so many times we think that there's always these questions and these fears like, I know I want to head this direction, yes. but it makes yes. no sense. So yeah. I was <laughs> 22 and pregnant with my third baby when I said I wanted to write a book. Oh now, it's been 80 books since then, but nothing, I, I only have my high school diploma. Nothing in the world would have said, someday you're going to write with these New York publishers. Like, there was yes. nothing there except that thing inside me that says, God has a plan for you, and this is what yes. it is. And so I want to talk to all those moms and women out there who are saying, I know there's something in me. And mm -hmm. I know you felt that too. Mm -hmm. And I felt that, but I'm scared. They have that fear of taking the first step. So what would you love to say to them? Oh my gosh. Well, I think it really starts with like, we aren't even allowing ourselves to get quiet with ourselves mm -hmm. to hear those pings, those notifications, those goosebumps. Like we almost avoid our feelings, because a lot of times if we really were to check in with ourselves, if we were really were to ask, like, how am I really? The answer would be like, I'm not okay, or I'm not happy, or I'm not enjoying my life, or I should be happy. I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate, but I don't love what I'm doing today. And I think the first invitation is to slow down. And mm. for so many of us that feel so counterintuitive, we're this culture that is obsessed with output and efficiency and doing things and working harder and faster and better and hustling. And we've done this and tricked ourselves into thinking the busier we are, the more successful we are, or the more that we're selflessly serving, the better that we are. But in reality, like we're really eliminating this opportunity to come back home to ourselves and to say, how am I? And I think part of the reason why we don't want to do that, I know I joke in the book about like how I used to do yoga and laying down on my mat for Shavasana at the end was like torture for me. Like <laughs> I would have literally just walked out of the class if it wasn't rude to do that because I couldn't be still with mm -hmm. myself. I just couldn't do it. It felt so uncomfortable to me. And I think the reason why it feels uncomfortable is because we know that if we admit that things aren't okay, that it's up to us to do something about them. And it's in that doing that really scares us, right? Because we've had ambitions, ambitions in the past and we've not followed through or we've had these big dreams and we've let them fall wayside. And so I would just say to begin is getting quiet with yourself and giving yourself the space to answer truthfully without feeling like you need to jump into action immediately. Oh, I love that so much. And I think, you know, when we even look back at our childhood and what were those joys or those things yes. that, that we loved doing yes. and that brought us joy, I think we forget that as we grow older, because we think, okay, we need the job, we need the college degree, we need whatever, yeah. whatever it is we have to pursue. And for me, I was sitting in the church nursery and a friend said she was writing a novel. And like when she said that, my whole inside, it was like lightning, like shot through my heart or something yes. like, I want to do that. And so I, I love how like pay attention to those moments or even when you're seeing like, ooh, if I could, if I could do that, that would be so fun or just start jotting down notes and saying what would be the first step. And yes. I think so many times we're 
thinking ahead to the next 50 steps when we're not even thinking of the next one. But I love the fact that you talk about, um, you know, really getting quiet with yourself, thinking Mm -hmm. about it. And then you, you had to do something. So for you, like, like you left the corporate world, you, you bought a camera. <laughs> like yeah. that was the first was step. It. And then there was more steps after that. So let's, let's talk about what does it look like to maybe take those steps and the feelings that even if you know you're on the right path, it doesn't always mean everything's going to go perfectly from there. Oh, in fact, there is going to be I wish lots of challenges. I know. <laughs> um, you know, what's really fascinating. And I talk about this in my book too, is When I think about like women, especially who are living like unfulfilled lives, a lot of it comes because we don't have the confidence in ourselves to follow through. And I don't mean that in the way of like, we are not confident. It's that Mm -hmm. we've lost our confidence over time. And I think a lot of that comes from these ideas where we, we have this dream, we have this vision, and we want to just abandon everything that got us to this point to pursue that new thing. We go out guns blazing, and then we question ourselves when we can't follow through. And what I found in my life is like making these impossibly small movements to gain my confidence, to build that belief in myself has changed everything. When I decided to write a book, I didn't go and get an Airbnb in the woods and say, I'm going to write this thing in a week. I just said, I'm going to do 20 minutes a day. When I left my corporate job with a camera, I said, I'm going to sleep with my camera on my nightstand. And every morning I'm going to learn how to take a picture, no matter what the lighting is. And so I think that a lot of times our ambition leads us to take too fast, too big of action, action that we can't fully follow through on. And then we enter into this like guilt and shame cycle that, gosh, why would I have even been so dumb to think I could do this? Why did I even try? I can't follow through on anything or this is way harder. And most of the time when people quit on a dream, they really just need to rest. They really just need a breath. And so I think that when I want women to kind of wake up to their lives and wake up to their dreams, it's not in this abandon who you are and what's gotten you this far. It's take those things and leverage them to start moving forward in even inch by inch by inch. Mm, That's so good. Um, And I know that it's important to bring people around us that also will encourage us and believe in our dreams and be in our support system. And you talk about that too. And my first writer's conference, again, I was 22, but I met these other writers and every one of us wanted to get books published. And this is before, this is in the nineties. So (laughs) this is a long time ago. I got everyone's emails and I would collect all their reports on what they were working on. There was 15 of us and I would compile them into a document and then I would send them out. And that was our support system for decades. And every single one of us are multi-published authors now because we had that support system of someone else that was like, hey, you said you were going to write this chapter or this paragraph and get it done this week. So I know you know, you talk about how a support system just really can help us. How has it impacted you in your life? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's massive. And it's so interesting because when I was writing my book, I broke it up into three sections. So section one is who are you really? Section two is who you have and who has you. And then Mm -hmm. section three is what are you going to do about it? And that section two is really about community. And especially when I think about 
the last few years. And, you know, for me, like I'm in the early, like child raising days, they always say like, it takes a village. And for many of us, we weren't able to have a village, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were really in isolation, kind of moving through life alone because of all the circumstances of the world. And because of that, I think we're more disconnected now than ever. And we're craving that connection and not just surface level connection, but like intimate connection. The difference between how are you good, fine, busy to like, how are you really and feeling safe enough to have your answers be received and like held. And so when I think about like community, one of the biggest things, and Trisha, you just kind of touched on this is I want people in my life that paint the possibility. I want people that run the four minute mile that tell me that it's possible. And so many women I think are dimming their lights because they don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable with their ambition, with their drive, with their desire. And so instead of saying like, Hey, this is what I want. They're, they're just playing small and think about it. If you were in that nursery at church and that woman hadn't mentioned that to you, that might've been this opportunity that was missed where permission was granted of like, Hey, this is possible for you too. And so it's like, I want to surround myself with people that share those ambitions that talk about them, that share that struggle so that you really do build that village around you, but that you also have those possibility painters in your presence that are really showing you, Hey, I can do this. And so can you, and you can do it in your own way. And there's no need for you to dim your light. I love that. And my mother-in-law told me once, you know, always have those people that you're looking to that is, are ahead of you, that can inspire you, get asked questions, and they can encourage you, but also have people behind you that you are saying, hey, you can do this. Um, you know, look at what the possibilities are. And I think there's a good balance in that to have people on both sides of us that we can follow and who are following us. And it just makes us whole and round and complete and caring and loving people. And I think it really just makes a difference. Totally. All right. So one thing that you talk about is compounding investment. Um, What do you mean when you say experiences experiences are compounding investments? Oh my gosh. I love this. So (laughs) there's this chapter um, in there about like experiences over things, um, you know, presence with the CEU over presence with the TS. And um, I really believe that, you know, in life, we have so many opportunities. We're being called to invest in so many different ways, whether it's our time or money or in our energy. Um, but experiences are something that like you take with you, you carry those memories, those changes, those lessons with you. And I think the same goes for knowledge as well. You can attain knowledge one time and leverage it and use it for the rest of your life. It's like the most invaluable investment you can make. And in the story, um, growing up, my parents didn't have a ton of extra money. And so we were given this option as children, if we wanted to go on this trip to the Wisconsin Dells, or if we wanted to get a bagger for our lawnmower, that would mean we wouldn't have to (laughs) rake grass any longer. And I raking grass was like the top of my worst chores ever. I hated it. I always got blisters. We like, there was always bugs. And, um, we, we talked about it as kids and we were like, Oh, we're going to the Dells for sure. And what's crazy about that trip is, um, I was probably 14 at the time we stayed in a motel, all five of us, one bedroom, someone had to sleep (laughs) on the floor. And I remember um, those days. (laughs) Oh yes. And we stayed at this place called the Shamrock Inn. And they had this really crappy diving board, a unicorn slide, and like a leprechaun, like little spout. Like it was very not branded well. And um, on that diving board, I learned how to dive, like do flips and things. I had been a gymnast for so many years. And 
What's crazy is, is now as a 34 year old, I can literally pinpoint that experience and that choice to take that experience. Absolutely transforming my life. I went on to become a diver. I went to state for diving. I went to college for diving and at college it's where I met my husband. And I will bet you any amount of money. If we hadn't taken that trip to the Wisconsin Dells, I would not be where I am today. And so it's just this challenge for us in such a consumerism based society of really like honoring this invitation to like have these experiences and to let them shape you and learn and to help your future be guided by what you're doing in your day-to-day life. Yeah. And I think again, when it goes back to talking about thinking and pausing, I think it's so important to think about these things in our lives. I love to tell mm-hmm. women, look at the highs, look at the lows. What were the lessons that you learned? How is that impacting you? What are some of the lessons that you need to share that maybe you have yes. put to the side? And I think so many times when we can look at those highs and those lows in our lives, when we can, again, dis- dis- discover our design, look at our yes. dreams everything can change. And I just appreciate you and that you're able to take these experiences. You don't even share all the highs. You share some of the lows too. And you can really help us to look deeper in ourselves. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And it's really awesome, Trisha, because I remember when I asked my publisher, like, what category is my book going to be in? And they're like, self-help. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) And I was like, you know, There are stories of my life in there, but those stories are merely an invitation Mm -hmm. for you to be introspective about your own life and your own experiences and to think about times that you've shared those same feelings or emotions um, and, and really then take like the action necessary to continue moving in the space where you can answer that question, how are you really, with such honesty and certainty and with such vibrance. And that's really the great invitation of the book. Absolutely. Some of the questions are, what inspires you? What makes you rage? What makes you snort laugh? What makes you cry with joy? I wrote these down in my journal. I'm going to be going deeper into them. Um, But Jenna, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for opening your heart and just encouraging us in so many ways. And I just appreciate you. Trisha, I am like just blown away by you as a human being. I'm like, 10 children, 80 books. Like I don't, I don't even (laughs) understand, comprehend, but thank you for doing the work and putting yourself out there. I know and have such deep respect for authors now being, you know, in this process and moving through it. And I'm just really grateful that we got to connect today and have this conversation. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. Yes. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a great conversation with Jenna? I just loved all she had to share and how those moments, those memories, those things that almost seem insignificant become the compounding investments that can lead into your future. I want you to do that activity that um, I talked about in the podcast where you just take your life, write it out, look at the highs, look at the lows, look at the things that you felt drawn to, look at the messages you felt God speaking to your heart, write those things down and then sit still and say, how am I doing really? Um, I mentioned a couple of questions that Jenna has in one of her chapters, and I'm just going to add a few more here. What inspires you? What makes you rage? What makes you snort laugh? What makes you cry with joy? What makes you feel empowered? What makes you nod in agreement? What makes you dance with glee? 
um, I encourage you to answer some of these questions and think about if I can be doing anything, what will it be? And know, like Jenna was saying, it is just little bits of time here or there where we follow our dreams. It doesn't have to be these huge things where we feel so overwhelmed and we fail and we give up immediately, but think about the little changes that you can make in your life today. Now, if you want to find out more about the book, you can just go to howareyoureallybook.com. That's howareyoureallybook.com. And also you can go to the show notes, which are just at trishagoyer.com and then click on podcast. And we will have links for everything Jenna Kuchar. But thank you, friend, so much for being here. And I want to know, how are you really? Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.